0: Welcome to Underground Magnolia Podcast, Elevated Entertainment, with me, the one and only Desiree Valto in the whole wide world. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and in this episode of Underground Magnolia Podcast, my cousin Tyra Valto Seraparu a mental wellness coach and licensed clinical social worker for over 30 years, will join me to discuss effective tools for setting yourself up for healthy living. Let's jump right in with Tyra talking about how balancing your feelings can lead to healing and a better life. She'll also unpack why the pandemic spurred many African-Americans and other people of color to action. Often, these communities fell way behind in availing themselves of therapy services. Additionally, in this segment, we'll look at a great way of how you can help your family and friends who
1: need assistance. Well-being is about how we feel and how we feel about ourselves first, because, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you are feeling good about the balance in your life, and that's just what it is, that's how we stay on a smooth kind of sailing is when we have balance in all entities of our lives. And that's with home life, work life, relationships with your family, relationships with your friends, relationships with your coworkers. All of that needs to be balanced in a way for you to be able to have, you know, the mental capacity to just exist on a daily basis. And so it's very important to be aware of how you are feeling mentally, emotionally, physically, because all of those things make up how we feel about ourselves and being in tune to that. And that's your job to do. You have to be in tune to what brings you joy and happiness. What are your stressors? What should I do about those things that stress me out? I mean, stress is good. Stress makes us aware that there's something going on, but it's our way that we react to that stress whether it's good or bad.
0: Now as we know African Americans and other communities of color have been shy to turn to people for help therapists and psychiatrists it's like you don't admit it or you just don't go and you just deal with your problems but the pandemic that sent mental health awareness for everyone especially people of color into a tailspin and now more people are definitely seeking help. In your opinion, how has the pandemic changed the face of mental health and getting help?
1: So I think that it's making getting help much easier because we were forced to live in a virtual world. And so now I can just access My therapist via Zoom, and I could be at home, I could be at work, I could be in my car, I could be at the park. So it gives people that less stress of saying, This is an appointment. Now I got to drive in traffic to get there. I got to leave early from work, and my boss won't let me take off the time. So I think that the pandemic has. That one thing has made it easier to access. And two, when we didn't have things going on, it also made us look at ourselves to say, wow, how am I handling nothing going on in my life? Because really, all those things are distractions to us really looking inward to see how we really are as human beings. And so when things got quiet because of the pandemic and we couldn't go anywhere, and we we had to be at home, we then had to deal better with relationships with people who we were living with. They either got better or some of them may have gotten worse, but it made us to stop and check in and look at ourselves a little bit more deeper because of being isolated
0: if people know that a family member or or a friend needs some mental help what are some things that they can do to encourage family to get that help and with the guys of you know, this should not be a stigma you should not be afraid to say I need to go to a therapist
1: I live by this mantra of the power of planting a seed A power of planting a seed. So you cannot force anyone to do anything, right? You cannot force anyone to do anything. And grown people are very clear about nobody's going to force them to do something that they don't want to do. But the power of planting a seed is that person may not be ready to receive it when you tell them on. Thursday, but they may be willing to hear it when you tell them in a month on a Thursday. So I stress upon just keep having gentle conversations about it because otherwise there's no forcing anyone into whatever it is, into therapy, into drug treatment, into changing their jobs, into leaving a relationship. That has to come From within, and you have to be the driver of that because otherwise, it's not going to work. You're going to go and do it for somebody for two to three sessions, and that's hardly not enough for anyone to get to know and build a relationship with you and think that you are fixed. So, you can't go do it for somebody else, but that person who is encouraging. Sometimes it takes, well, how about if I go to the first session with you? How about if I sit in with you and just be a person of support? I don't have to say anything, but I can come with you. I can sit in on that first session via via Zoom, or I can help fill out the paperwork because sometimes that's overwhelming that therapists require that they fill out a psychosocial. So maybe you can help that person do that. You cannot force that or give some ultimatum that if you don't do this, then I'm going to do that. Or if you don't go get help, I'm leaving. Well, if you're going to leave, just follow through with leaving. Let that person figure that out on their own. But you can't force people into something that they don't want to do. So just provide that gentle reminder, that gentle encouragement. And keep talking about it.
0: Once you take the step to seek therapy, you must now choose a therapist. You may be wondering, should I choose a licensed therapist in social work like Tyra? Or a marriage and family therapist? Or a clinical psychologist? And what about a psychiatrist? Tyra lays down how you can cut through this daunting task to get the right
1: person for you. It is really a match that is personality driven. And so whether whatever the credentials are, that that's not so important. It's whether or not there is a mutual respect and regard for who you are. And that's why I suggest to people you picking me off of psychology today because what you read, or you think my hair is curly and you think, you know, we might vibe together well. Well, just like I ask you to fill out a social psycho assessment, you need to be interviewing me as well. And so that's the real key that I feel that people just do that. They read, they pick, and then they go to sharing a life story. And then that person's not really a match for them. So just know that you can always ask the therapist some questions. You may want to know what are their credentials. You may want to know what is their style of therapy. You may want to know, do they have experience in grief and Really, what is that experience like if that's what you were going to that person for? So for me, the best thing, just because there are so many alphabets behind our names or whether it is you go to a psychiatrist because that's usually the person that's going to really help you with the medication side of this. And that's why they people have... So psychiatrists, and they also have therapists because the psychiatrist is going to say, okay, is this medicine doing what it's supposed to do to calm your or change your behavior? And then the therapist then is going to then find out more about what causes the behaviors that you are having and where can I assist you in the tools that you need to address these behaviors. I find that people make a mistake thinking that medication is going to be the cure for it when medication numbs the behavior or that it changes the behavior but if we're not addressing and talking about the root of the behavior the medicine is just going to be that whatever that does to calm it but If you get off medication, those emotions are still there. So I like to have people to understand that you need both at the same time, not be on medication for 10 years and then you go get a therapist. You need to be doing that at the same time. And so the alphabets and the letters behind our name, people can now so much just Google what all of that means. It's just really where is your, kind of like what theories you study. So social workers are more behavioralist and looking at people's behaviors. And so it's, and most other counselors are as well. So it's just really knowing just what those are different, what is a licensed clinical social worker. I'm able to practice as a licensed person within the state, That I live in and I can do, you know, therapy, I can diagnose people. So just be clear about what those alphabets mean. But my strong suggestion is always interview the person who you're going to be pouring out to and making sure that there is a fit and that there's a connection there. You have that right to do that.
0: Now that many folks are not afraid anymore to seek therapy, there are several resources for finding a therapist. However, because of the pandemic, many therapists and psychiatrists have moved their services to online or telehealth visits only. There are also numerous apps that allow you to seek help virtually and you can even just chat with a counselor. Tyra is not a fan of virtual only visits and wants you to look for help where you can see someone in person.
1: For me, that's not the way I would practice because I am a person that believes that, you know, the text messaging could give a whole different spin to actually what someone is really saying. And so I think that it's important that you establish some type of connection with your therapist and that y'all meet face to face a good number of times before maybe you go to something that's just a little bit less engaging. And that again, because those are choices now, then that's what people are going for now. You know, we want everything to be easy and comfortable and we want it to happen just like this. That's where we are in the world. And so there's no waiting, being patient, Sitting in the waiting room to wait your turn. People just want everything to happen fast. And so, unfortunately, I think it takes away the dynamic of really getting to know your client and the client getting to know the therapist and to really establish this mutual regard and respect for one another. And so, but again, if that's how you choose to, access services like that, and you're comfortable with it, then go do it. But I don't think that you get the same type of engagement from one another, either seeing each other or being via Zoom or being in the same room with one another.
0: Emotional health also ties in with improving physical health. With a healthy eating and exercise plan, you may be able to say no to type 2 diabetes, no to heart disease, no to high blood pressure, and no to other chronic illnesses that often plague communities of color.
1: I am more geared towards people just connecting and understanding their own behaviors because behaviors drives us to do other things, whether it's good things for us or whether it's bad things for us. And so I think that when we are not fulfilled, there's reasons why we drink, we eat, we smoke, we just do things without there being any type of understanding as to why we do it. And what are our triggers and why am I being triggered? And so I think that if people address their emotional self, that's where you're going to get healthy because it's going to matter to you when I'm emotionally healthy, it's going to matter to you all the other things that going on in your life. It's going to matter to you if you're feeling fluffy or not, and you're going to be able to be in a space where you're able to do something about that. So I can control what I'm eating. I can eat six small meals a day. I can figure out that, yes, I might have this piece of chocolate, but I shouldn't be eating chocolate every single day or potato chips or drinking Cokes every day. So when we are emotionally well, then like I said, other things in our lives become balanced. And so you're then no longer fighting against high blood pressure. You know, you're not fighting against diabetes. You're not fighting against obesity when you are emotionally healthy because you recognize that those things that aren't serving you well is really part of why you are emotionally choosing those things that make us ill that make us sick that make us gain weight all of those things that make us have a hangover the next day so i just really feel that if we as a from the medical component of our existence if doctors would give the tools to correct without medication what is going on with us and spend more time there than saying, well, here's a medication. You're going to be on it the rest of your life, but it's going to control what's going on. When if I know better that if I continue to eat the fried chicken that I'm going to have cholesterol. but if I change the way that I am eating and what I choose to Put on my plate and understand that relationship with eating and your emotions, then, medication a lot of the time is not needed. It's about how you fuel your body and it's how we talk to ourselves and it's how we just understand really what's going on and why we do what we do and react the way that we react. And I feel like all of that is emotional. And so if we're able to correct some of our emotional behaviors, some of those illnesses that we experience wouldn't even be be there.
0: In many ways, our emotional health and physical health Can also improve by setting boundaries and knowing when to say no
1: for overall wellness. Boundaries help us with our emotional plight and how to correct some things that are going on with us. And boundaries can be scary because we're not sure how people are going to react when we start to put things into place that we're not going to allow them to talk to us that way or you know be a part of our life in that way or what have you that we're scared to set boundaries cuz we have fear of that relationship that that relationship's just going to go away and we won't see that person ever again but let's just say that putting boundaries in place is a form of self-care because you have to think about how you can take care of yourself so that you can take care of other people or how you can take care of yourself that other people just don't have constant access to you when they're not giving something back for you to then take away too. So just making sure that people understand that boundaries are so helpful in making sure that your mental wellness is In a good place, and that you have the tools to be able to say no, because no is a complete sentence. There's no need to explain no. There's no need to say no, but because no, no is a sentence, (laughs) and it's okay to say no. And if you think about it and come back and say, well, maybe I can help that person out a week later. And you can go back and say, well, you know, after I've gotten through things that I needed to address and do, I'm, I might be able to help you this week with it. But no is a complete sentence. And then that gives you the opportunity to pause and think about it. And if that's really going to be good for you right then and there, or if you can come back and help them at another time. But it's okay to say no, and it's okay to have boundaries, and it's okay to know when you have to walk away and come back and visit that relationship at a later date. So just set clear boundaries is i find is the way to be emotionally healthy is setting those boundaries.
0: Thanks cuz Tyra Velto Saraparoo for using your experience as a licensed clinical social worker to help folks get in tune with their emotional and physical health. For those who need further assistance with finding a therapist and seeking out therapy in general, there are many resources out there, such as the nationwide major organization National Alliance on Mental Illness. You can find them at N-A-M-I dot That's NAMI.org. There are also websites such as therapyforblackgirls.com, therapyforlatinx.com, and therapyforblackmen.org that can also help you. Psychologytoday.com lets you search by race, ethnicity, and other parameters. Also, check with your local and state government for public and private assistance, as well as your health insurance. Make sure your therapist, and or psychiatrists are licensed by the state you reside in. Many, if not all states have a directory where you can confirm licensing. Now go out and get the help you need. For more information on this episode, please go to undergroundmcnolia.com. That's undergroundmcnolia.com. Just click on this show and all info, including links, will be there. While on my website, you will also see all of my podcast episodes, which can be heard wherever you listen to podcasts. Please listen, rate, and review. Email me at contact at undergroundmcnolia.com. That's contact at Follow me on Twitter at UMPodcast.com. DV. That's U M Podcast. DV. Unfortunately, my Instagram was hacked, and I had to get a new account, which is at Underground Magnolia Podcast. At Underground Magnolia Podcast. Till next time, this is Desiree Balto, the only Desiree Valto on the planet for Underground Magnolia Podcast. I'm out.